it's Sunday, January 19th, 2007, and you're listening to Flipped Out. Flipped Out is a little podcast I made to try and document the art, the culture, the madness of Austin, Texas, and uh, what's come to be called the Burn Community. I'm your host, Lance Hunter. Let's begin. On Wednesday, January 17th, 2007, I had the pleasure of visiting Ryan Hayes. Ryan has been a staple of the burn community here in Austin for years. If you've been to a major burn party in town, there's a good chance that Ryan was playing or spinning a set. If you've subscribed to the Austin List, there's a good chance that you've seen the photo galleries he's posted. He currently serves as a member of the Combustion Chamber, a sort of organizing force and community feedback receptor for the Flipside organization. He's also the communications area facilitator for Flipside, putting him in charge of the various ways the organization communicates with the community. There will be a showing of Ryan's photography on Thursday, January 25th, 2007, at the Studio of Recording for the Blind and Dyslexic, benefiting the Center for Recording for the Blind and Dyslexic. And now, my interview with Ryan Hayes. So, Ryan, hello. How you doing? I'm doing well. All right. I'm glad you came up here. You braved the ice, in fact. You 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 defied <laughs> so death I, to come up here. I, that I, is dedication. I appreciate that. <laughs> I do. A, yeah, I will go to the ends of the earth to get content for a podcast. And, and Round Rock is pretty close to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. So, um, let's see. You've done photography and music. Which subject would you like to talk about first? Either is fine. All right. Well, let's go with music first, and we'll end up with the photography. Okay. So. How did you get started in um, your music production? What did you start? Did you start playing a particular instrument? Was it just you heard songs? You're like, I'm gonna make that entire thing. Yeah. You know what's funny is that I still I still don't think of myself as a musician. Like it, it, I've been doing music since 1991. Um, my dad bought me my first guitar. Then actually he had a classical guitar in the house, and I still have it here in my studio. I've got eight guitars in there, and that one's still my favorite one. It's my dad's classical. Um, but so I started playing guitar first. Um, but I, I guess I always, it's weird, you know, cause I think when you're a kid, people, you, you kind of put people in little categories. It's like there's kids in band, there's kids that are in the math club and things like that. And I was really more the kid in the math club, but I still, but I had a guitar at home. So I I'd still poke around and play with it. Um, and, and as far as getting into recording and things like that, um, I don't think there was ever a time I was playing my guitar that I wasn't writing music because I didn't have the patience or the skill or the aptitude or whatever to learn music mm-hmm. so it was just kind of a process of trial and error for the last 16 years <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of what did it you know I mean I, my, I got my first recording here like in uh, maybe 7th grade something like that 8th grade mm-hmm. so I mean I've been recording kind of on a little whether it was on the little 4 track cassette tape thing which I put my last album out on, um, you know, or, or now being lucky enough to have a whole studio. So, yeah, and um, yeah, the last time you did an album, um, let's talk about that. that was You're like, probably the only person I still know that has ever heard that. That was around when it came out. It was I, ten I years ago. MP3.com, baby. Yeah. You're the only one that heard it that still talks to me. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> MP3.com. That's right. Yeah, that was that was that was. Uh, that was my favorite website in the world back then, mm-hmm. and, and it's sad to see what happened to them. But but, in, but YouTube and things like that are the MP3.com of today. Oh yeah, so yeah they're not gone. 
just nobody's getting paid. Yeah, and like now Napster, people are paying for Napster. Like that seems oxymoronic almost. Mm-hmm. Like I remember back then, that in fact I think was my favorite point of my musical career to date. Mm-hmm. One of them was the day I found my own stuff being pirated on Napster. That's a milestone. That was a milestone back then. Now it's now it would be a little awkward since people are paying for it. Exactly. It's like, come on. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah. So that was that was the Lullaby Project. Now the Lullaby Project was just you, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there wasn't any collaboration or anything. Well, there's a guy that I've always written music with named Jason Ball. He's out in Phoenix right now. Uh, he and I, we're both military brats. So. Uh, typically, there aren't a lot of people that are on the same base as you, Air Force Base, base to base. And um, I got lucky. I lived with him maybe three bases in a row. And so we ended up being really close friends and kind of learned to play music together. Uh, he and I would actually, uh, for that album that you're talking about, we we exchanged files back and forth, uh, back on 14.4 modems. <laughs> Think about how long it takes to, to exchange raw data files <laughs> In wave format. So I'll see you in the morning, man. Here's That's song. Yeah, yeah, no, it, yeah, it was. It'd take like a month to get them all over there, uh, and and uh, but it, yeah, so we kind of collaborated remotely, and then I flew out there to get it mastered by him. So we worked on it a little bit together. And there's a little known fact, and you know this guy today. He didn't even know he's on the album, but Dax DeLeon, you know him. Uh, he's married to Tanya DeLeon, and you know her. She's a lead for the Recycle Camp Smash oh, Campers. Right, 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 so they're both right. Smash Campers. Um, he is actually on that album, and he didn't know it until last year when I found him. I'd, I'd gone 10 years without running into him again in Austin, mm-hmm. but he came over as we were studying for a physics exam, and in classic procrastination mode, we got to recording music instead, <laughs> and he was doing some percussion stuff and ended up being on a song that's on that album. I just could never find him to tell him, but... <laughs> Well, here he'll find this on the internet and that's a lawsuit. <laughs> that's right. I owe him. I owe his his fair share of that forty dollars I made off of that album. Here's your dollar fifty. Yeah, and so um, after the Lullaby Project album, uh, there was there has been another album, but there's been other recordings, right? Uh, yeah, there is. Yeah, there, lots of um, just kind of scratch ideas. A little disappointed to say there has not been another album. You're right, but I think a lot of what I've done since has mainly been kind of an exercise in, like I think most of the stuff you've heard me post on my LJ on a mailing list, things like that, has really been um, as a result of kind of this project that I've been doing to kind of get myself back into this writing mode where I come home at the end of every day, or not every day. I'd have a lot more music than I do now, but you know, yeah. periodic when I have time, you know, as I'm you know in music mode. And just kind of give myself an hour, you know, to say, you know, I got one hour, you know, think about where I am right now, what my mindset is, and I got one hour to create stuff. And I think that's a really cool approach because you don't get too bogged down in which of the 3,000 reverbs you want to apply to some guitar sound and you don't get stuff done, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the only way I can get myself to actually get you stuff done. You did put out, like, a fair amount of content. I remember, a, oh gosh, it was just, yeah, it was just a... a you know, burn CD you had given me that all it had written on was your email address. I remember that it was, uh, then it wasn't one of the flip sides, or maybe it was decompression after 2005. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like, hey, here's a, you know, a bunch of stuff I've recorded. And that's, it was, 
I wasn't seeing you with the material, but yeah, I'll kind of do that. And I don't remember doing it, but I, I totally believe that. That's normally how I get my music out, is shoving it in people's faces <laughs> like that. Slipping it into their bags, mm -hmm. things like that. Lying, telling them it's something else. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, let me see what I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I, just, I don't know. I just remember, uh, what was it? It was 90, 99, I believe. Because I remember going to your apartment after a PSA meeting. And uh, I don't know what you were working on at the time, but I know you had, you know, going to your little party. It was actually the party bar, remember? It was. <laughs> Let me clarify. It was above the party bar. Above the party <laughs> bar. Yes, yes. I wasn't actually living in the party bar, and as much as you might think that as frequently as I was there. But, <laughs> but yes, I just remember going to the, and it was an absolutely tiny place, maybe yeah. like slightly larger than this room, but, yeah. you know. And there were two of us. My brother it, lived there as well. Yeah. yeah, and half of it was, you know, this gigantic keyboard, mini keyboard, and the computer set up, and uh -huh. all this. I was like, my goodness. It's yeah. like, and it's still the same way. I have a bigger place, but a lot more gear. So it's it's still just, it feels in, just as small. In five years, <laughs> it'll also you'll be chiptoing around this place really to get around. That's right. Equipment. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> my electric bill will be like $1,000 a month. But yeah, no, that place was small. It was definitely the college lifestyle. Yeah. Living above a beer barn and <laughs> uh, in a 200-square-foot apartment. That's <laughs> ah, man. <laughs> or for some of us, what we still experience. <laughs> you're just remembering 30 minutes ago, is what exactly, you're saying. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, what do you think? All right, and, hmm. and so you're working on something new now, right? I understand you're talking about you, you've put out word there is going to be a new album. You've I have. made this decision. Yes, I have. Yeah, 2007 I'm real excited about. Okay. Um, you know, I feel, and this goes for the photography stuff as well, but I'd say more so on the music stuff because I, I really don't, I really didn't even get into photography until fairly recently, in the last few years. But mm -hmm. music stuff I have done for a long time. Um, I've really had in my mind what I wanted the follow up album to that last one. March and May and everything in between was the last album right, right. from the Lullaby Project. So I'm writing under a different band name now, but I um, really had in my mind for a long time what I wanted to do. Um, you know, you keep making excuses about how, well, I'll get started on it when I have this keyboard that I need, you know, or, or when I have this uh, this new computer because my old one's not fast enough, or when I have this or that. Um, and there was a point late last year where I realized um, that, I, that I'm absolutely blessed and I have everything I ever dreamt that I needed. And everything I ever used as an excuse for, you know, that I needed before I started another album, uh, I'm lucky to have now. So, um, I'm ready to get started. Cool. All right. And, um, yeah, and now tying that into the photography. So, you've got this kind of you know, creative impulse. You're moving forward with the, I've just declared there's an album. And um, I guess has the photography aided in that, or has it been another you know, separate kind of force, like you've been an offshoot of that creative energy? Or Is, is the photography stuff helping the, the creative part of the music? Is that what you're saying? Or I, I know, did, like... For example, you're moving on with photography. You're going right. to have a gallery showing, yeah. uh, hopefully, four days after this podcast pub podcast is right. published. Yeah, January 25th. Yep, 25th. Thursday. Okay. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, has, has, like, has, you know, gaining a little bit of renown and a little bit of, like, you know, a lot of positive feedback, a lot of positive feedback, you know, for your photographic work, has that kind of, like, got you back on the horse of being, you know, more towards yeah, obviously you've been work, doing creative work for a while, but for putting more creative product out. It, yeah, that's a great question. I, I think I'm, I, you know, I'm really lucky that I've had I have as many outlets as I do to put out 
kind of put out feelers, you know, I mean, and that's not why, I, I mean, I don't put this stuff out to get all the feedback that I do right now. I'm lucky that I get it, though, because it does help me a lot, whether it's the photography or the music stuff and whether I'm posting on LJ or the mailing list, things like that. Um, and I'm lucky I've got an audience, you know, on those, um, you know, that, that, that do share their thoughts. Uh, and it is encouraging. It's, it's, it, it, gives me, it gives me more confidence, you know, that, that I can put stuff out there that does speak to someone else um, because uh, people have already been telling me that. And so it does. It helps on the music side. It helps on the photography side. But honestly, you know, I mean, like, you know, as far, like going back to your question of how did you know this is going to be the year you're going to do the music stuff, you know, why now kind of thing. Um, it's now because I'm absolutely driven to do these things and I have every means to do it. I have no excuses. I finally in my life have time to do it and, and all the support I need um, it's just time to do it, you know. I mean, I I wouldn't say that it's a, a new drive at all. This is something I've really wanted to do. Both these things. I mean, the photography in the last few years, you know, the more um, the more I learn about it, and the more I'm able to capture with it, the more I want to go out and do it. And um, doing a gallery is something I've always wanted to do, but um, this is the first one, uh, you know. And I've been sharing stuff online for a long time, but this is the first one I'm putting stuff up on a wall anywhere. And part of it's that I think I'm probably my toughest critic. You know, I've gotten great feedback from a lot of people, and I really appreciate them sharing that. Um, but I just haven't felt like I've had enough things that I really want to put up on a wall and, and show a bunch of strangers and say, this is what I do, you know. And I feel like this is the first point where my technical capabilities as a photographer may be, and on the music side as well. Like, this is, I think I'm finally to a point where, as a musician, as a songwriter, as a producer, you know, on both sides of those houses, uh, that I'm finally have the technical expertise I need to match the drive and the vision that I had for what I want to put out. Does that make sense? That makes sense. So you you feel like you you now have the capability to put out the kind of product you want to put out. Yeah. And I yeah. keep using the word product for this. I'm sure that's terrible, but you know. No, that's exactly what it is. I'm going to market the hell out of this. <laughs> Exactly. It's going, to, going to Fifth Avenue with this stuff. Yes. Oh yeah, no. In fact, I'm officially sponsored by Dell. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yes. One one day I'll be like, you know, what the podcast guys got it. This podcast is sponsored by so and so. That's right. Yeah. And then you know all the all the various Burning Man flipside stuff I put on there. People will make me pull off. That's probably that's probably the case. Yeah. We'll have to bleep out. In fact, every time you mention a flipside of Burning Man in this conversation, exactly. <laughs> Oh man, um, yeah. So you got into the photography um, conversation, but you got into the photography. How did you first start uh, taking photographs? So my dad was, and, and it's it's really interesting, actually. Um, how much I wouldn't say I'm a whole lot like my dad, um, but it's it was it's really amazing to me now to look back and see who he was when he was my age and see how similar our lifestyles are without us, without me knowing at least. It wasn't until I was in my senior year of high school that I found a bunch of photos in our basement um, that just incredible photos. Photos of uh, Nixon, photos of uh, James Brown, like uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary. They're all these like a Fleetwood Mac, like all these like musicians and politicians, like big like photos. And these were these were like a, a, you know slides, negatives, and everything. Yeah. Um, and I asked my dad about, and I found pictures with him in them too. And, he, and 
like it looked like he was posing with a band. And uh, and I talked to him about it. And I mean, this is something. It's just a, it's weird to think that you could go that long because I'm I'm 17 years old at that point. I guess 16, 17 years old. Yeah. Um, I've always thought of my dad as a military guy. Not not I mean not, it's not necessarily something you associate with being a creative person, you know. Yeah. Um, and and uh, he ended up telling me that he was a photographer. I mean, that's how he put himself through college. Um, he was a photographer in North Carolina, and he had a band, and they toured around. Uh, toured around the country, he was playing playing bass for him, yeah. and um, it was just it was so weird to think that I was already because I, I found a camera in our place. I assume he just took recreational photos with him, but I'd already been taking some photos with this old thirty five millimeter, but it but had been well into playing music already. I mean, just a year later, I was touring around with my band playing bass mm-hmm. and taking photos, and so it was just amazing to think of how similar our lives were without him even mentioning it. You know, <laughs> so. It, you know, as far as the photography stuff, I shot a little bit back then, but I really, I really set it aside. I couldn't afford the film, and I was frustrated with the fact that you know, similar to the music, like I said earlier, I did not have an aptitude for that. I never considered myself a musician. Um, I did not have the skill or the patience to try and learn other people's music. It's the same way with the photography. I did not have the patience to sit around and learn how you're supposed to do it. And the only other way you can do it is trial and error. But with photography, you have this. Um, you have this latency between the time you take a photo and the time eventually maybe a month or two later you get the thing developed and see what it looked like of course you don't remember what you did to get it yeah. so there's, there's the cost the, factor too. there's a cost factor so you, one you can't afford it but two the fact that your feedback comes so late that trial and error really didn't work um, so I put that aside for a long time and it really wasn't until maybe three years ago four years ago maybe now I was stumbling into the burn community here in Austin and um my parents gave me my first little digital camera, um, just because I, you know, they could tell I was so excited about all these things I was getting to do every, you know, hang out with these people and these parties were great and you going flip side and Burning Man and stuff like that. And they gave me that camera to take to my first Burning Man, and uh, I brought it out there, just a little baby thing. And I think it had like twelve megs of <laughs> memory, and it was oh, yeah, built dude. in at that. That's three hundred six forty by forty photo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like my. Uh, my my cell phone takes probably it has it like a thousand times of memory, but uh, I think it was like a tenth of a megapixel or something like that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and then after that, you know, I think it, it's it's been it really has literally been every year since I've upgraded my camera because I've outgrown it, mm-hmm. and um, you know, at, at, this is the first point now where you know I've got a camera that I can you know actually walk around and say I'm a photographer and no one laughs at me now. <laughs> you know, it's, it's been four years I guess of upgrading it so. Excellent, excellent. And uh, you actually brought in another situation, conversation, topic I want to get to is, uh, I guess, the burn community and flip side, and uh, that kind of has affected you as a person. Mm-hmm. And that's something I like to know. I mean, I've known you for a long time, and probably oh, most years people, now, probably, yeah. Yep, it's probably been, longer than anyone else I know now, other than maybe Valkyrie. Yeah. Yeah, wow. It, it has been forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, and I. You know, there was a long period writing to see you. You know, I was doing the bouncing thing, and you were up, and then all of a sudden I come back, and you're just part of this burn community. It's like, holy crap, yeah. So, um, I guess, you know, I could mention the changes, but I'd rather you mention them. <laughs> what were you going to say? You were a complete dork before, and then I came back, and you were... Well, I just remember, you're still a dork. I remember when you were, uh, what was it, you were applying for the FBI. I, <laughs> yeah, that's a very little known story. It was less known before you said that. <laughs> but no, you're right. I was, I was, when I knew you, 
back when I was in school or just getting out of it. Um, I was a grad student in accounting over at UT's business school and trying to get an FBI. <laughs> so, um, nat- which is the natural path to stumbling <laughs> into the burn community, right? Isn't that how we all got here? <laughs> we all met at the Quantico, didn't we? <laughs> we went from Quantico, and we all headed out to the desert. And um, So, yeah. Yeah, so some things changed since then, um, and um, and it, it wasn't it wasn't uh, you know there's some things that were a little gradual. I mean, I, the, the 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 whole accounting stuff I was doing that I actually still do now, and in fact, I really enjoy the the balance that I have in my life between the professional life I have uh, during the day and then um, getting to work on my creative stuff at night. I still yeah. enjoy that, and I did enjoy that in college too. I was still you know I mean I, had, I was working on the music for that CD back then as well. Um, did lose the interest in the FBI pretty quickly, um, but yeah, I stumbled into the I stumbled into the Burn community uh, through Valkyrie actually because she was kind of my bridge between the CMA community that I was hanging out with um, and knew you more through, and then and then went into um, you know Valkyrie brought me to a party and I remember the first party I ever went to, uh, a bunch of Kingdom of Slack people were there and I later end up that would be my those would be my homeboys that would be my theme camp. Um, but the first thing anyone said to me in the burn community was Adam, and I don't know if you remember him. He was a sign language um, um, interpreter here. He moved off to Washington D.C. Still comes out to to Flipside, one of my favorite people in the world. But he opens the door and he looks at me and he says, "I have the perfect dress for you." And that was that was the first that was my first exposure to the burn community. And ever since then, I've been wearing dresses. No, I mean I've been. I've, <laughs> It's been a big part of my life. But yeah, as far as changes, though, like in my life, I'd say the biggest things the Burn community probably did for me was really, I think I think the biggest thing is it gave me a lot of motivation um, to really focus more on the creating process than focusing on the creations. Like, and, and I... And I and, I think that's really what the burn community does. I mean, right? I mean, that's really what the man symbolizes. What these burning events symbolize is this: is that it's it's more about it's okay to let the creation go, and that's why we that's the ritual on this, right? Because we build these things and we burn them down, which is this great illustration of our of our not being afraid to let go of the creation because it's not about that. It's about this process of creating and. And I liked the fact this was like the first place I'd ever been to this community where it wasn't even about the polished finished product. You know, like you don't need to go to Flipside, and you really shouldn't go to Flipside. You know, so prepared that you're going to throw down this totally polished, perfect entertainment event, or or build the perfect thing or whatever you're going to show people. Like I think what I really like about this community and the events is that this is the place that you go to do something you haven't done before. And, and it's okay. You're not going to be great at it either, you know. And I think my whole life up until that point was thinking that I had to stay in my house and try to get something perfect before I could bring it out and share it with people. Um, and I love that, you know. And, and, it really, and that's, that's something that's bigger than just creating art, you know. I mean, um, being that work in progress and being proud of that and displaying it and sharing it and stuff like that is really something that kind of spreads out into other parts of your life. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that the Burn community did to me. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, um, let's see, I'll get a little bit of a plug-in for your website. Is, um, how is your, I haven't actually, I've visited some of your galleries mm. and everything. Do you have anything on your main 
uh, site, oneflameinthefire.com. Dot com, yeah. No, I think um, if you go there at any given moment, it typically has some excuse for when the website <laughs> will come in the future. Okay. But but that that's a great example of what I was just talking about, right? I didn't wait till I had a perfect website you know, to put it out there. I've been using OneFlame now for probably four years to, mm-hmm. to post uh, uh, my, mine and other people's artwork on to share with people. Um, and it's been a great thing for that. You know, but uh, but you're right. If you go to the homepage, there's nothing there. And, and I get a lot of complaints about if, it. You if, can't find anything. If our anything. listeners <laughs> click uh, the link that I'm going to post right this second, they will actually see the temporary holder page. Oh, no. If, if they click on it two months from now, they're still going to see it. <laughs> I don't think it'll... I, I, in fact, I hope it never changes. <laughs> it's that. That's what makes it... Uh, in, in a part, it, it also helps me kind of manage um, what's on there. Because a lot of this... You know, it'll, it's easier for me to share... Uh, photography and things like that on there that are um, you know may, may have other people in it that may be they, they don't want a whole lot of other people to see too yeah. you know and it allows me to manage that a little bit better because uh, you can't just a lot of people at my work for example know what that website is you know yeah. but they can't find anything so as long as it's hard for everyone then uh, mm-hmm. everyone should feel safe yeah and so now the the, the hot seat question the one we're going to go for with oh. that thing how does one become a rock star <laughs> well, I've done it by drinking, literally drinking rock stars now for years. I, I probably go through two of them a day. I double fist them. Yeah, it's it's. I'm a monster in time. and I drink those too. Monsters in full throttles. I'm, I'm out of control. You know, I go through Red Bulls like they're shots. Um, You're gonna be the first man in, 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 like put himself into Betty Ford for caffeine. Yeah, or what? It, ginseng, taurine, whatever they've got in there. I'm sure I'm addicted to all of it by now. But in the in the irony is that I can't drink even Coca Cola without going ape shit because of like the all of the the anxiety I get from the caffeine. Caffeine bothers me. It makes it turns. I'm like the Incredible Hulk, you know. And I'll rip my shirt off and run around at work throwing cubicles over and stuff. I'm out of control. But uh, but now if I drink like you know two um, uh, Furies. You know, full throttle furies. You know, back to back in the morning for breakfast. Um, I'm good. I'm good to go. All right, all right. That's in fact how you do what I do. That's <laughs> the only way you do what I do. I see. I see. So okay. <laughs> Photography gallery, albums, all this other stuff, combustion chamber, <laughs> being you know one of the people who puts Flipside together, lots and lots of energy drinks. That's it, what we've learned. It, it and and I think if there's a if there's anything serious to that answer right there at all, because it is a good question. Um, it, it, what makes people rock star? I think, I think the biggest thing is just people doing, just absolutely getting out there and doing the things they're passionate about. I mean, that to me, and I, and I, and I look at that, I, I honestly do look at people that do that as rock stars. I mean, I see people at my work that are just gung-ho geeks, you know, as a, at accounting. And it's like, man, that guy is that guy's an absolute rock star. You know, I mean, like you can be a rock star at anything. You know, I mean, if you're really, if you're really passionate about what you're doing, and you're just getting out there and doing that, no matter what it is. You know, I mean, that that to me, I get, and and those those things inspire me as much as anything. It's not like for my music that I listen to great music to get inspired for music, or look at great photos to get inspired for photos. It's really getting to see anyone who's just really passionate about what they do. Um, and I think that that just uh, stirs something in you. And, you, and you, and you take it, and you internalize it, and then you manifest it in whatever way you're able to do it. You know. All right, fantastic. Well, thank you very much for partaking in this interview and thank uh, you becoming part of this little experiment. <laughs> <laughs> thank you.
If you've been listening to the enhanced version of this podcast, then you've been seeing a selection of photographs by Ryan throughout the interview. Now, here's a small sampling of Ryan's music, showing a range from house-inspired dance, experimental vocal noise, and straightforward, heartfelt acoustic songs. At 8.34 I dropped all that I had And I hit the floor Man, I was running Man, I was running to you Stairway crowds and manic shouts Steel bending and collapsing loudly I was dialing for you And through the tears that swept those stairs And through the fear that filled us there tried to get a message to you that I will rise up through the dark and I will find my way home because I cannot bear the thought of you facing this alone and I will rise up through the dark and I will find my way home because I cannot bear the thought of you facing And there you have it, the music of Ryan Hayes. To learn more about Ryan's art opening on Thursday, the 25th, uh, please click on the link that is going to be available right now for more information. Uh, If you are unable to click on the link or if you're listening to the MP3 version of this podcast, it's going to be Thursday, January 25th from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the Studio of Recording for the Blind and Dyslexic at 1314 West 45th Street the intersection of Burnett Road and 45th Street. Uh, You can park in the studio lot, across the street, in the church parking lot, or in uh, the neighborhood parking. There's no cost, and uh, this is to raise awareness for the Center of Recording for the Blind and Dyslexic and the volunteer work you can do there. Thank you for listening to Flipped Out. Flipped Out is a podcast about the art, the culture, and the madness of Austin, Texas, 
burning Flipside and this crazy little burn community we have built. Flipdot is hosted at lancehunter.net slash flip. Flip with one P in that instance. To contact Flipdot, email us at flippedout at gmail.com. And that's Flipdot with two P's at gmail. Thank you for listening. Go be spectacular.